0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Human Behaviour Show. We're back with another episode. I'm really excited to have my friend, my dear friend, Dr. Asif here today. And we're going to have a really interesting show talking about his various entrepreneurship ventures, talking about medicine, his life as a doctor, and what he's up to now. And we're going to try and take some advice away from this podcast. Um, he's someone who's done a lot of different things, someone who's goes against the grain, and someone who... I've had the pleasure to work with and I'm really excited to kind of find out more about his journey and where he's up to now. Dr. Alex talks a lot about health, um, talks a lot about philosophy and he reads a lot of books. So um, I think listening to this, you will gain a lot from it. And for those who don't know, we are live on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. So you can listen to the episodes there. And if you have questions or you have anything, um, put it in the chat and we'll try and get Dr. Asif to answer the questions as well. So he's here now. I'm going to get him up and we're kicking off the podcast. Hey Asif, nice to see you. (laughs) Welcome to the human behavior show. Um, we're going to be doing this quick 30 minute show as I've been doing with a lot of different guests. And I've done a bit of an intro, but Dr. Asif, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners. And also there's a mute button. (laughs) That's what people need to normally work out. So you unmute that we can hear you.
1: Hi, Saib. Thanks for having me. Uh, first time on this. Day.
0: Yeah, I can hear you really well. Even yeah, Barak I- as well. <laughs> um, looking good, by the way. You're looking, um, you know, in in top shape, better shape than I've ever seen you. Even, and you've always been in good shape. So um, things seem to be going well.
1: Thank you, thank you. I've got a bit more time on my hand now that, that I've left NHS. Spending a bit longer in the in the in the gym, and you know, gyms are open now, so there's none of that stop and start we had with COVID two nice to return to-
0: how have you been yeah i've been well yeah, as well i think with um covid there's always been you know a lot happened there's a lot of transformation you know my journey Um same after leaving the nhs um been up to quite a few different things and and that's what i wanted to do this show so i wanted to kind of um you'd introduce yourself tell everyone kind of what you're up to nowadays and you know you're traditionally trained as a medical doctor and what led to this change i mean a lot of this i want to you know dig into that and then dig into that dragon's Den experience as well so why don't we start off with you talking about kind of what you're doing now and, and what led you to change and, and what are some of your goals and visions
1: you're right great yeah good question so i was a medical doctor since kind of worked my way up the rank junior levels to consultant level during covid so i'd seen the whole array of medicine and when staff morale community spirit we had lots of kind of free pizzas local but the overwhelming feeling was that of uh, burnout and i really couldn't do decent work that was required during COVID. it meant traveling across the country because i was a locum doctor um, just working in ethnic minority we knew that there was a higher rate of covid uh, hospitalization so th- th- these were all scary times a mixture of feelings really, so burnout uh, anxiety ptsd and in lot of staff as well and certainly that was my case mental health suffered so I thought in the next years of my life I've achieved, i became a consultant who you know helped out doing that. I kind of helped the NHS during this its hour of need. Now it's time for these skills are learnt during problem solving. working and leveraged that skill set to another field and will jump for most medics, which in the world of consulting. I currently work at a business consult recovery. So I've gone from NHS to NHS, you know, you could say backline, elective recovery, looking at T workforce plan, you know, as doctor anyway, the ramifications of COVID and how a pandemic Affects um public health and as you know so with your public health background you know the, this is something we as doctors often overlook we don't actually see the public health impact economic impact the vaccination the staff sickness so i'm, I'm seeing a lot of that now working
0: as if you summarize that, really well that really well you. and i can see it I can see from it. that broader perspective as well and i think we're thinking of it a lot more big picture that's what we often talk to So guys Asif and i met back in 2015 or 2014, or 16, one, one of the three years, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. It's been about seven years, years seven, eight years. Eight years. And um, at the time, um, you know, Dr. Asif, he, he stood out. He, he was kind of like a mentor for me. Um, he was doing this startup date smoothies that we'll talk about as well. And we both, what we had in common was what Asif just described. We wanted to think bigger picture than just, you know, day-to-day clinical work. Um, and you're right. A lot of the work becomes repetitive. A lot of the work, you know, especially in an overburdened system can get hard. You don't have time for entrepreneurship or creativity. And that's something we really bonded on way before the NHS Clinical Entrepreneur Program started. We were at Imperial Business School talking all things, how to start businesses, um, startups, tech. And it's interesting the kind of how life is, you know, brought us on different paths um, not still within, you know, hospital medicine. Um, but we've gone through that, you know, that rigorous parts of training as well. So we know what it's like on the other side. But change can be hard for a lot of people. I mean, reflecting on my change the other day, so I was, if I was like sat there and I was like, you know what, I actually have never been happier than I am now. And it's interesting because people make you fear, right? They make you fear when you're changing, especially, especially being a doctor, right? Being in medicine, like, not doing the 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 trodden path of just finishing a training program is was was seen as such a negative thing and because of that imagine how much talent we've lost who are like oh actually maybe i can make more of an impact elsewhere i could use these skills and leap into something else because of what people might say i talk a lot about human behavior and why humans behave and that's why i find this very specific You, you think because the majority think this is the path that's been for 30 40 years and once you become a doctor you should try and get a consultant for example um the world is changing very quickly and that is not appropriate but people still have that same mindset and i've seen that change in the last two or three years so it's been different because of covid and also we've seen a lot of you know from Ali Abda, a lot of people leave and they're doing you know being more successful in many different ways and they're still using their medical skills but the fact that you have this almost entrenchment in being a doctor and that's all you can do is a bit scary. And I think it makes, a, we've lost a lot of talent due to that because um, I understand, obviously you're doing workforce planning. It's important for people to commit to a career and you know, if you pick something, but it's hard to pick something at 16 to 18, right? Especially when you don't know what the system's going to be like. And, and we may love medicine, right? And we do love medicine, we love health. But if the system isn't set up to make, you know you're most successful look after your work-life balance or you know you talk about burnout it can become pretty fleeting pretty quickly that that want to be in that right when you see all these other opportunities and you may have passions elsewhere so Asif, i know you've explored a lot of different things i'd I'd love you to touch upon that a bit more and and go into a bit about your first startup uh, date smoothies and your appearance on dragon's den yeah great
1: yeah so um just picking up on some of the points i mean Absolutely, we love protocol, we love algorithms, we love the certain clinical diagnosis. We deal very badly, ICS rather, and we, we deal very badly with any uncertainty. We like to be, that's why we scan, we scan actually. There's no room for error. So again, different allied careers. Whereas in America, as a med student, if you're seeing a hospital or clinic set, you know, you are, you have the full right to really, um, go on a um, project to radiology without actually butting an eye. So, medicine, you know, we've got great. What invariably happens is doctors are very frightened to in the world of business, in the world of entrepreneurship. But yeah, like you mentioned, the, um, the entrepreneur program is relatively new. And we met before that. And it was re- refreshing to see another medic who actually thinks the same as me. It's very far and few, you, you know, a far and few between. And going back to my first startup, that kind of did come about because of a real kind of frustration, um, lack of food options available in hospitals. Me and another doctor, called, so you, you might see a, a registrar, started a campaign called My NHS, a response to the dearth of um, appropriate food available for any kind of mashed potato. You know, Not the kind of thing on for 12-hour shifts. So we started a campaign <clears throat> and then we knew things were snail-paced in the NHS. So I, my date smoothie, so I saw patient meals weren't the best, health for staff weren't the best. I started making my what kind of meal replacements, something to get me, you know, I'd invariably have my sandwich in the car on the way back home, pew for half an hour to get, I didn't have time to eat a proper hot meal, so I'd just make a small. made sure that was, you know, full of uh, minerals, vitamins, <clears throat> the, the appropriate macronutrients as well, fat, protein, carbohydrates, and I started making it, and then I got a bit of traction in, in the doctor's mess saying, you know what, actually, good idea, can you bring some in tomorrow and we'll pay you? And so it all started from there, and we started then, um, uh, you know, experimenting with actually selling this in, in a marketplace. So the farmers' market is developed. We're quite lucky to live in Sheffield. Sheffield's a very an area which takes its pride in kind of innovation and in food and drink. So we started selling this, and we got a lot of dragons. Then contacted us out of the blue. Literally, I was working one day in a respiratory ward during the flu season in in, in a busy. And I got a call from the Sheffield Star we live your story the fact that you're a doctor who's kind of we'd love to have you on the show uh, or it, well b- before that we'd love for you to in your home city of Manu, speak to our producers and then i did and that was a you know arduous process they go through all the uh, due diligence look at all, all the your requirements in the drink all the kind of microbiological data it's very stringent and then yeah lo and behold we, we came on the program in, in uh, 2017 i believe and um, so it all started so a a drink to get me through the day and you know kind of snowballed into a kind of a national brand in 20 20- since then we kind of wound down the operations it's just been so busy with trading for a couple of, but as you know in entrepreneurship you know you have many failures you have many lessons and that's the beauty of it you know you actually fail your way forward
0: yeah, honestly, I, think that was, I think that was a good example of um, how if you're you know always thinking of ideas looking around you how you can quickly test something and execute it as well and you did that and I mean, your Dragon's Den appearance got a lot of publicity, right? I remember being on Twitter that day, and, um, there's a lot of tweets, and I think you were pretty confident. You came across really well. Can you talk us through how you were feeling as you were going dragon's on Dragon's Den? I know you're a pretty confident guy. So talk us through what you were, what you were thinking, um, and as it unfolded, how were the Dragons, um, there were certain points where, you know, um, you know, like, for example, when you said, who's Tuka? I found that hilarious, actually i love that part um how do you reflect on that experience
1: well on reflection it was uh you know for me i was it was very raw i was so passionate about my product i knew it had benefit and, you know especially because i'm passionate like you say about about patient health about you know nutrition about public health and about patient care and for me it was more than a business it's actually public health opportunity and like i said at the beginning i want to be like jamie oliver jamie oliver is not just a chef you know jamie oliver is a friend and so i was passionate i you know i was driven so that's why I, I might have come across as a bit too confident, but you know, because that's how I, I genuinely knew that um, I had you know, I had about an hour or so to put a point in my emphatically. Yeah, g- going back to your question, how was it? It, 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 it was certainly nerve wracking. You know, you're in front of five; some of them have got over a hundred investors in front of them. On actually was nerve wracking, but I always went back to my medical school training days where we learned about communication. You know, the whole S bar thing. I thought that came in very um So you know. I, my, my life wasn't tennis. whereas a lot of people going then, they are so nervous because they've invested 10, 20 years of their life making a product, making a business. And that is their fault. At the time, my full time job was as a doctor. There'll be other opportunities out there, trusts and grants, etc., cetera, bursaries to explore. So I, I had this mentality of, you know, even if I lose, I win afterwards and the networking. And So I think having that um, mentality, is, I've got nothing to lose. I, I've, already, I've already won. It's a fantastic way. And that really helped me. It's all about mindset and hot And I, I, do, I do a lot of this now in my coaching. So I do a lot of mindset coaching online. On, on my website, Skype. And a lot of it is having thick skin. So if you saw in the episode, I, I did get a lot of Not just from the dragons, but actually from YouTube, you know. Like, you know, we've got all, like almost three quarters of a million. And some of the comments are uh, distasteful. But you have to actually have thick skin and there was a lot of kind of gending you know, a lot of arguments saying why do doctors why are doctors going into etc. At, at the time it was quite you know quite novel for doctors to go into this. But now as, as you know
0: the I think we have had a lot of similar thoughts when it comes to this and, and yeah um at that time it was very strange and now it's being normalized. And that's how you know um we see things change. Even even if you look at um social media platforms you look at something when it's new and people are like a bit skeptical and then, you know, in a year or two, it's so big. Right. So you always have these early adopters and you have people who are laggards in in anything. Uh, But I think that experience did make you stronger. And I felt like, you know, three quarters of a million views. I mean, that's how many people have seen, you know, your face on, on such a, you know, highly regarded uh, TV program, which is pretty incredible. I want to know what, which dragon do you think probably was, um, the harshest or the one you found the most challenging to you.
1: yeah i think peter peter jones is an is a seasoned investor and although i didn't want to have him getting good feedback from him was one of my aims and um, so he was harsh because he was the first one to call himself out and he was you know constructive i must say but i felt as though choice of words might have been, stick to your career, and i think that again five years ago the culture was doctors owners stay as doctors retire as doctors you know get your nhs pension and that's it but now, you know, we know people flirting with different ideas and coming in and out of medicine, part-time medicine. So I think now, if I went on it now, I think he'd be more receptive to the idea of a doctor. So yeah, he was probably the harshest. Um, but nevertheless, it was actually great. I, I met him the day before. When I went to drop off my smoothies, I met him the day before. He was outside. It's actually, um, but that kind of set because it wasn't the first time. So he was the... Problem. But, uh, you know, ne- nevertheless, great experience. And as you know, have you know, pitching your ideas with your amelie as well. You know, pitching ideas to investors can be daunting. But you have to face 100 100 rejections. I know there's a very good TED Talk from a guy in Beijing, I believe, that he he did a 100-day rejection challenge where he'd actually go to different places. He'd go to Starbucks and order a Costa Costa. He'd go to McDonald's and order a Burger King. So he knew, point blank, he'll get a blanket refusal or rejection. But he kind of used that rejection. And I think in today's society, we've become allergic to rejection. We take it personally. And you have to separate rejection from your mindset, reflection of the other person's mind. In America, you know, you, you've been there, so, you know, you, you've worked and studied there, you know what it's like, you know, they take rejection, you know, they, they fail forward, they succeed through failure. And we've seen the famous Michael Jordan quote about this as well. And but in the UK, our culture is very conservative, you know, stiff upper lip, we very much tread how you get married. None of this risk taking in Australia, I've been to Australia, very much in a startup culture. So it must be a hot country thing. I think in colder countries, we tend to be a bit more conservative. And it'll be good to get your experience away. You know, how did you find it? Because I've not actually been to America. I'm going, actually Been. how did you find it in the Mali?
0: Yeah, that's a, a really good question. I've been around Americans a lot and I realized the culture shift, how it's a pretty positive dreaming type of culture, shooting for the stars, moonshots. Um, and I think it makes a lot more people, you know, the American dream, people try new things. Um, and yeah, when I was in America, especially over in Miami, it's a big tech culture now everyone from San Francisco and Silicon Valley seem to be moving out to Miami. And yeah, it was so different. Um it was a very nice vibe. It actually really suited me as well in somewhere where I think I can probably grow a lot more. Um obviously UK is comfortable for me. UK has a lot of advantages as well, but I do feel sometimes the big apple is the is the next big thing. Um especially in your thirties. I feel like once you've established yourself in your twenties, your thirties is that next big move. And then after that, maybe perhaps, you know, you may move to the Middle East, or so you might move back to the UK. But I feel, in my mind, um, your 30s is a good time to hit it in America because you're a bit more sure of yourself. Uh, you think you have the skills. You've had life experience. So you can really go and buckle down. And, um, I mean, I think everyone has a window at times, you know. For example, for me, Clubhouse came big in the last two years, right? My Human Behavior Club. So, I mean, things go up and down. You never know when it'll fizzle out or what will happen. But I feel like right now is a time for me to try and make a bit of a mark or make an impact there and take the opportunities that are being handed to me rather than just sitting back and waiting. Um, and, and I feel a bit more, um, I guess, confident in my decisions. And I feel like I know what I'm doing now. I feel like, uh, I'll be honest, like I feel like, uh, I mean, you you made a lot of decisions. I've made a lot of decisions. They can be hard. You never know what the best outcome is. So you're always trying to bet against, you know, the less risky option. And that becomes stru- a struggle. And and I mean, for me, I was even anxious for three or four months because it was like decision paralysis. I was like, hmm, but what about if I take this one and I get stuck at a job? What if I take this? And what if I'm closing this door? And I was someone who always liked every door being open. But realistically, um, I think that can kind of work in your 20s because, it doesn't close you down, but there's a time where you have to choose uh, because otherwise you spread yourself way too thinly. I'm not saying you can't do multiple things, but I feel like if you do too many, you'll never be focused. So I feel like there is a time where you have to take a bit, of a, a bit of a leap of faith. But having said that, you can always switch, right? Set yourself up so you're doing something, but then you can jump to something else, right? After giving it a good go. Uh, and that's kind of the philosophy yeah, I've adopted.
1: Great philosophy. And I think that's, that's how you win in life, you know, try new things. Uh, go beyond your comfort zone and you know, actually growth doesn't occur in your comfort zone it occurs beyond the comfort zone and the comfort zone is invariably scary and and uncertain they say humans will rather be unhappy and certain than happy and uncertain you know because humans love certainty but we'd rather spend our time being uncertain uh, sorry being certain and then invariably and ine- inevitably unhappy a great thing he said there you know Ability to make decisions. And and they say wisdom is the ability to decide. But how do you acquire wisdom? It is through bad decisions. So, you know, the more cumulative decisions you make in life, big and small, the more wisdom you acquire. And wisdom is a collection of bad decisions with some some good ones. And I think being failure averse makes us scared of decisions. And, you know, I've made decisions in life, you know, big ones, career change, relationships, some of them are work, some of them haven't. But that's life, isn't it? You know, I think we are kind of we love the basket and the cradle of comfort um the third thing you said so is yeah you know you're right you know don't um it's about the whole weaknesses thing you know i'm I'm a big fan if your weakness is is glaringly obvious and it's stopping your career progression like you can't speak properly or you know you've got you've got some kind of you know you can't write or you, you can't present properly then work on that weakness obviously but i'm all about doubling down tripling down on your strengths because your strength is what is unique to you. That's your unique selling point. That's what you bring to the table. That is your offer of value for humanity, and double down on that. You know, Ronaldo doesn't try to be the best defender in the world. He's, he's defending his defending is weak, but he doesn't try to work on that. Uh, you know, it's, it's similarly with certain boxers. You know, you you know, or, or any kind of profession or any kind of endeavor, sports, arts, you know, creative pursuits, medicine, a, a, a brain surgeon, he doesn't try to become a cardiac surgeon. You know, you've got to double down, super specialize. And so I think you've done it very well. You know, you're kind of really much, uh, you know, very much uh, honed in on your skill set, particularly looking at um, psychology, and behavior optimization, sleep cycles, you know, just generally looking at optimizing health. And I think that is, you know, you've got to find your niche, double down on that, and then, you know, bring your weaknesses up alongside that, but don't prioritize your weaknesses if you've got a strength which could lead you to having a you know relatively successful career in a given field, and I would always have the insight on your strengths. And I think a lot of people now can, they've got access to all these kind of personality type indicators, Myers-Briggs, etc. You know, work on your personality type and they actually find a job, find a career, find a calling, create a product that actually fits in well with your...
0: Yeah, I'll say 100%. This has got me thinking, actually. I think when we think of being perfect or perfection, life is full of, you know, zigzags up and down. And, um, I just thought Imran Khan recently said that how life never goes in a straight path. I mean, you can have the greatest heights, but you will still have, you know, falls. So essentially, um, you have to really think through, um, when you do have the falls or what you're going to be doing. So, um, with that, um, I think for example, when I took certain risks, I didn't think how they would turn out. But one thing led to another, right? That year in business school led to me then having to be able to get the entrepreneurship program, which then led me to trying to do a startup, which then led me to meet uh, you know, people who got me onto Clubhouse, which then led me to getting a job at Havas and then developing that. And then that led to, you know, my board certificate of lifestyle medicine previously as well. So everything kind of kind of leads to something else and i feel like um sometimes you don't know where the path is going but it's weird how sometimes it does work out as well um you know you can take stabs in the dark sometimes and um if you're passionate about it there'll be an opportunity that's made for you or tailored for you that will come up eventually you just have to have patience and i find that pretty interesting how that's worked out for me and I know, also, you've tried a lot of different things as well and how it's worked out for you. So I think, yeah, we've been in that same boat there. Um, but I often think about it, how is everything related, right? Like, I do a human behavior club. talk a lot about human behavior, psychology, AI, tech, startups, wellness, health. And they all link into kind of some of the companies I advise, Skin Consultant and Crescent Health. Um, and I still got to consult a bit for them. And then Havas is complete health communications marketing, links into behavior change they talk a lot about behavior change there and it's also health and then that also into Amelie which is a relationship so a lot about behavior change as a startup so there's some kind of link there and that's what I've kind of kept it so I found that super fascinating and Asif finally um, as we're rounding up the show I think this has been fantastic and I think anyone who's young listening to this take Asif's advice he's been there done that and you can learn a lot from kind of that you know, that like, great he shows. He's always positive. I've never seen this guy down. <laughs> he's, he's, he seems to really have a strong, strong mindset and attitude. Um, so who do you look up to? Is there anyone you think is an inspiration that you look up to or get motivation from?
1: You mentioned to him. It's Imran Khan, you know. He's a leader. I remember when I was living in Pakistan in the mid-90s, he was painting for his hospital um, in the 90s. He had just started his a, a political party of time. But he's a man who sacrificed, you know. I've got two kids, and I've been through a similar situation as him, you know. Um, you know, divorced with two two young boys, and um, he's he, he he saw the bigger picture in life. He he could have had an easy cushy life in the UK. He could have lived in London, you know, married to a billionaire, you know, billionaire family. But he sacrificed that for his people, and he campaigned. So two things to learn from him, you know, the power of patience and um, sacrifice. So patience, as in he waited twenty years to. And secondly, patience during distress. He's actually been ousted now. He still, his patience is upbeat positive because, like you said, he knows life is up and down. One day you're, you know, they say one day you're a, um, like P. S. Morgan says, if one day you're a, a peacock on, on the catwalk, and second day you are a feather duster. You, the same peacock becomes a feather duster. So you know, life is up and down. You know, life is swings and roundabouts. That's the nature of life. Struck by an illness, etc. So you, know, you just have to take a day at a time. Like he has, he went from visiting, you know, all the countries in the world as a PM of Pakistan, and actually now being the second political party in charge and not completing his term. So that's his life, you know, topsy turvy. And secondly, and um, seeing the bigger picture, actually leaving his kids, you know, actually the public humiliation when, and actually just plowing on with his, you know, he's my role model still. He's a great ambassador. The political classes are now for control, but he's all there for the for the people, you know, charitable cause. And that's something which I would, you know, love to do more of.
0: I couldn't have picked a better example. <laughs> I, I couldn't have picked someone better. And same for me as well. I mean, we know the famous corner tiger, when you are cornered, you know, you strike back. That's when you're most dangerous. And um, he's going great. Right? And that's absolutely incredible. So, Asim, this has been a pleasure. I've loved doing this. Obviously, you're a really great friend of mine. And it's been fun being able to do this on my podcast, The Human Behavior Show. So Asim, where can people follow you and keep in touch with what you're up to?
1: Yeah, no, thank you for having me. So really nice to see you and, you know, meet you virtually again during this period where everyone's getting used to normality. So pleasure. Um, find me on all social media, Dr. Asif Official. So um, Dr. Asif Official, just one word. A link. Got a website, Dr. Asif com, where I do my coaching and recently started a YouTube channel as well. So if you're typing Dr. Asif Monaf, you can find me on YouTube as well. So hopefully posting more videos on there. But uh, yeah, it's hard, as you know, so I have to kind of keep on top of all the social media channels.
0: <laughs> too many, too many, exactly. So guys, give Dr. Asif a follow. Um, I'm sure you'll be learning a lot of good content from what he has to produce next. And thanks for tuning to Human Behaviour Show. And if you're not already subscribed, do subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So do subscribe if you haven't. And we'll catch you in the next show. Thank you, Asif. Take care, everyone. We'll see you in the next show.
1: Thank you. Bye.